everyone. Welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I am your host. And today I am joined with Naomi, a serial entrepreneur, education reform advocate, public speaker, and student leader from Los Angeles. Feel free to talk a little bit more about who you are. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be on Her Journey's podcast today. So just like Aline said, my name is Naomi Porter. I'm 16 years old from Los Angeles, California, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, meaning I've started more than one business venture. So I started my first business, Spice It Up, when I was 11 years old, which sells affordable and portable spice kits marketed to travelers and bloggers. I started my (laughs) next business when I was 13 called Bright Futures Tutoring and Academic Coaching. And right now I'm the founder and head of Entrepreneurship an organization that's youth-led in order to debunk the myth that entrepreneurship is just reserved for adults who have access to fancy degrees and venture capital. And so my organization, Entrepreneurship, provides free entrepreneurial education courses for students who are interested in business, entrepreneurship, civic advocacy, and just making some sort of a lasting change. And one thing that I absolutely love about this podcast on her journey is that I am an active feminist and I love everything women empowerment because I think it is so important for us to value collaboration over competition this idea of we Mm -hmm. over me and I'm just excited to have this conversation with Aline today as we just dive a little bit more into that yeah of course thank you so much um so yeah obviously you are incredibly accomplished and you've done a lot from like a really young age which is really impressive and I absolutely would love to get through everything that you've worked on and are working on but um let's go ahead and start off with talking about the first business you launched Spice It Up which you launched when you were only 11 so um could you tell us like a little bit more about that first project of yours? Absolutely. So I started Spice It Up when I was 11 years old. So I was in sixth grade and I I started it after realizing that there was really no affordable alternative for packing spices when you're going camping or backpacking. And so as a target consumer myself, I realized that there was no product on the market. So I wanted to actually do something about it. And being the Mm -hmm. person who I was looking on the market, I was like, oh my goodness, is there a way for me to, you know, buy these affordably and also be customizable and compact and all these things that I wanted in a product. And I realized that there must be other people out there as well. And so I started Spice It Up with kind of just that mission of just making it as environmentally friendly as possible, but also targeting it to this specific consumer. And so I launched my product and from there, my sales have really continued to grow and evolve as the marketplace mm-hmm. does as well. And during the travel season, because my kit is waterproof, it's TSA approved, it's lightweight, it's compact, customizable, and all these things that travelers and adventurers kind of look for in a product. And so that's what you do as an entrepreneur. You don't just mm-hmm. do something because you might want to do it but you do it because there's a need and I realized that after talking with countless people of asking hey do you see something like this on the market is this something you would be interested in because that's what entrepreneurship is it's looking around your community and figuring out how can I make it a better or more sustainable place Mm -hmm. definitely that's awesome and was this kind of like a problem that you yourself faced like maybe traveling a lot and not having those spices or was it more something that Um, others close to you face that you noticed? 
Yeah, it was definitely a problem that I faced because as an avid backpacker and camper, I think that if you're, so I'm a Girl Scout. And so if you're a Girl Scout or you're scouting or camping, you can kind of know that when you take some of these camp foods, it can kind of seem bland at times, right? Camp food Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily taste the best and you kind of need to spice it up, right? Which is where I actually got the name from. And you also Mm -hmm. want to do so by not caring, you know, you obviously don't need to take your entire kitchen rack with you when you're going camping or backpacking because weight is everything everything. And so it was a mm-hmm. problem that I faced because I wanted to have good food while I was camping and in the adventures and outdoors, but also keep in mind kind of that weight component. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, kind of while starting this business, did you have like a lot of help from other people around you, like your parents maybe, or was this um, more you and more individual? Yeah, definitely. I think I had a lot of help. And I think that especially mm-hmm. when you're at a young age, you don't do it alone. And neither mm-hmm. do some of these top executives, you know, you see like these Fortune 500 companies, like they don't do it alone. And really, neither will you if you're listening and you're thinking about starting a business or becoming an activist and making some sort of social change. Don't do it alone, you know, build a team, build a network of people because adults really want to help others to be successful. And so for me, I was lucky that I had a support network of people who I asked for for simple things as, is what I'm doing legal? <laughs> Are there marketing <laughs> strategies you might have? To as simple as, do you like this coloring feed? Or what would you change about this? Because getting people involved mean that they want to invest in you and your ideas. So especially with Spice It Up, I realized that I couldn't do it alone. You know, I'm mm-hmm. still managing, you know, and I think we'll dive into this a little bit later of like being a student while also being an activist and also being an entrepreneur. And so mm-hmm. it's okay to say, yes, I would like some help, you know, like mm-hmm. that is human. I would encourage you and I would implore you to ask for help from other people. And Spice It Up is definitely of the, th- of the three like movements that I've started. That's the one that I definitely had the most help with, especially at the beginning when you're kind of getting your footing and you're like, what is entrepreneurship slash can I even spell that word, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, that's really important what you said about really being able to reach out for help, especially because entrepreneurship is not just a one person job. It's kind of uh, a team effort where you have to have people there to support you along the process. But yeah, I just love what you said about that. Um, And yeah, that's a really interesting and unique project. And I think a lot of the time, even when students or younger people um, kind of identify a need or a problem that they're facing, their mind doesn't really directly go towards how can I solve this problem and help others with it? So what kind of led you to really want to change or make that product into or make that problem into a product that you could help others with? Oh, that's a great question because a lot of times people really see these kind of as, oh, I have this idea, I'm just going to do it, but you definitely need to tie in sort of this more of like community sort of a component exactly to your point. And so for Mm -hmm. me, I actually looked at the sustainable development goals as outlined by the United Nations, more commonly referred to as the SDGs. And so if you are a student entrepreneur or a student activist, I would definitely recommend taking a look at the United Nations website and seeing what kind of problems that they want to solve. You know, like actually right now in my browser tab, I have that tab open because I was just looking at all the things that the United Nations are trying to do and trying to do to be more sustainable. 
you know? So for mm-hmm. me, it was solving a sustainable development goal um, as outlined by the United Nations, right? Which is just to have mm-hmm. be more sustainable and be have more, you know, environmentally friendly products out there. And so if you're thinking about, you know, making a product or service, make sure that it aligns with one of these sustainable development goals because that's really the best framework for things. So for mm-hmm. example, for me, as I, I'm outlining the sustainable development goal four, which is quality education and then sustainable development goal eight, which is decent work and economic growth. And then likewise in like with Spice It Up, it's more of like SDG 13, which is climate action. And so there's a total of 17, the global goals for sustainable development. And so take a look Mm -hmm. at those goals because more likely than not your mission and your brand probably aligns with those. And that's really the best framework to make enterprises of social and economic value. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting and unique how um, you kind of were able to tie all of that into your project at such a young age. And so especially since kind of talking about how you got into entrepreneurship um, at a pretty young age, would you say that this project kind of led you to get inspired to dive even deeper into entrepreneurship? Or were there any other factors that kind of um, led you to experiment more with that? Definitely. And so when I got like the first sort of taste of entrepreneurship, it was when I was in sixth grade and I entered this competition for Spice It Up, actually. And I entered this mm-hmm. competition. It was me, uh, like a sixth grade year old girl. And I was, you know, five feet tall, braces, the whole deal. And <laughs> I was in a competition with about 25 other students, all of most of whom were boys and were high school boys who were like mm-hmm. six foot two, definitely on the football team, you know, could definitely mm-hmm. take me out. <laughs> Of course, you know, it's boys dressed in business suits, but that was really the first time that I was like, oh my goodness, we need to get more girls involved and we need to get Mm -hmm. more youth interested in entrepreneurship. And that's when I really found my calling and I found my passion, but it really, as I was reflecting and as I was thinking about, you know, like who is Naomi Porter and right. And like, how Mm -hmm. have I become this sort of entrepreneur? I really have to take it back to when I was in kindergarten to fifth grade and everyone was finding their passions. Everyone was finding their talents you know Mm -hmm. it's the time where everyone's on the sports team you know you're an artist you're a musician you're really Mm -hmm. good at science and I never really found my calling in elementary Mm -hmm. school when everyone else around me was and I was like am I missing something why am I late to the game you know Mm -hmm. and so everyone always used to ask my parents so what is Naomi Porter right like tell us what does your daughter do and they would always just Mm -hmm. answer you know she's a student she's a leader and it wasn't Mm -hmm. until sixth grade that I realized I want to do something a little bit different you know I want to take those skills of being a leader and liking to you know have conversations with people and kind of encompass that and become an entrepreneur and so to your point kind of taking it all back full circle to your question is once you become an entrepreneur, there's really no stopping you in the Mm -hmm. sense that you kind of have done it one time. So it's very easy to do it again. And entrepreneurship, it isn't just making necessarily one business or one social movement and running with it. It's taking the experiences that you learn from your first one and putting that seed money and those ideas into your next and to your next and continuing that kind of idea and developing mm-hmm. what we call in the business world an entrepreneurial mindset, which is basically mm-hmm. the idea that you need to adapt and innovate in order to succeed. And just because you have a business doesn't make you an entrepreneur. And just because mm-hmm. you're an entrepreneur doesn't necessarily mean that you have a business. 
business because entrepreneurs are also just people who are flexible. They're people who adapt. They're people who are always looking for ways to better themselves and to better their communities around them. Right. I completely agree with that. And um, yeah, I really love what you also said about kind of how, like when you're at a young age, it is kind of, there's just that pressure on you to kind of find what you really enjoy doing. And when you see everyone around you kind of finding something they love to do, it puts a lot of pressure on you to um, kind of do the same. But I think that's amazing that you were able to find that interest in entrepreneurship so early on um, and kind of experiment with different things to see what you liked. But yeah, that's awesome. And I also know that you founded Bright Futures Tutoring also at a pretty young age. So could you kind of tell us a little bit about that as well? Absolutely. So I started my next business when I was 13 years old. So I was in like the summer between seventh and eighth grade. And mm -hmm. I realized that there was really no affordable tutoring in my area. And so, but the thing is, is that when you're creating something as generic as a tutoring business, right, there's so much mm -hmm. competition out there. Where it was a really, mm -hmm. it was a different transition for me because I already kind of knew how to sell a product. I knew, you know, the ins and outs of eBay and Etsy and Amazon and all those places, you know, trade mm -hmm. shows, marketing, but it's a very different mindset when you're creating a service because it's just a different set of skills that you need. And so I actually was very unprepared to go into this kind of service world because I didn't do my research. And that's something mm -hmm. that I look back on and I really wish that I took my own advice of what I'm telling other people now. So if you're listening, my advice is do your research because mm -hmm. um, what I did is I originally very much undercut my business. And so when you're creating something, right, like I said previously, like as generic as a tutoring business, you need to figure out what's going to make yours stand out. And so for me, that was having midweek check-ins, letting our students and our customers know that we see them as so much more than just a paycheck coming in and out. You know, we care about them. We want our students to be at their full potential. But at the same time, we severely undercut ourselves from people who are around us. And so, yes, mm -hmm. we were trying to offer, you know, more affordability and things like that, but we were underselling our services. And so I really didn't realize that because I didn't do my research. I should have looked mm -hmm. around and said, hey, what are other people offering? What are the services that they're giving? How much are they charging? And so if you're thinking about doing a tutoring service or a lawn mowing or some of these services that don't require as much necessarily like time and prep work to actually launch and get started, I implore you to take an hour or two and just type in, you know, tutoring services near me or lawn mowing businesses mm -hmm. close to my home and see kind of how they charge themselves and how they market themselves and figure out, can you do that cheaper? Can you do it more affordably? Well, how can you make it a little bit different, right? What's going to give mm -hmm. you an edge so that way when customers are like, I need a tutoring service. Okay, I'm going to go to Bright Futures. So definitely mm -hmm. think about what's going to make you stand out from people who are kind of in your same category and in your same niche. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, um, especially with entrepreneurship, people tend to kind of, there's, there's times when people kind of rush into projects and they think, well, I found this really great idea. So I'm just going to um, like do the bare minimum of research and then launch it. But it's really important to really like dive in, like you said, and do your research so that you can figure out how to make something that um, is actually beneficial and actually works and is something that people are really interested in. But um, yeah, I just love that you're really taking every opportunity you see and making it into um, something great. And uh, would you say, because you kind of talked about how um, 
you wish you kind of did a little bit more research before founding this organization. So would you say you kind of learned from that experience in your future ventures? Definitely. I think with entrepreneurship, every venture that you do, every experience that you take, every opportunity you do to talk about yourself and about your business and to connect and converse with others is an opportunity for personal and professional growth. And so for Mm -hmm. me, definitely with Spice It Up is I had a huge setback, which was A, that I was younger, but also that at the beginning of this travel season, right, everyone's looking for that fun new product, right? It's Mm -hmm. the beginning of summer, people are traveling, people are camping, and then hits that like October, November season, and it's kind of a lull in the travel Mm -hmm. industry. And of course, I didn't necessarily realize this because it was my first year of you know, being a business, I was this hotshot entrepreneur, I was going to trade mm-hmm. shows, all these places, and then hit this October season, and my sales, they absolutely fell flat, and so I really learned that I had to figure out a different way to market myself, and you're constantly figuring out how to market yourself, and how to adapt in this ever-changing society, and I mean, we've seen it with the COVID vaccine, we've seen it with, like, you know, this pandemic, is you always have to figure out what you can do to meet the needs of your society and to meet the needs of your community. And so what I did is I emailed travel bloggers asking if they could review my product. I got, you know, mm-hmm. about 50 no's, 10 no responses, but I got <laughs> one yes. And that one yes kind of shifted my entire mindset. And so I took that skill that I learned through Spice It Up and I invested it in Bright Futures. And I said, okay, if things aren't going my way, I need to figure out different ways to market myself. And so I sent out emails to schools. I put up flyers. I did tip things that I wouldn't necessarily have done had that experience with Spice It Up not really happened for mm-hmm. me. And the same thing with Bright Futures. So I think the biggest thing that I learned is not to undercut myself, but also to do my research. And so whatever my next business venture might be or whatever my next new thing is, I mean, as of right now, I don't plan on necessarily starting more businesses or starting more companies or organizations, but you never mm-hmm. know, like five, 10 years down the road, because that's what entrepreneurship is. You know, it's kind of figuring out, well, what needs to happen right now? And so I'll definitely mm-hmm. take those ideas because entrepreneurship is constantly adapting and we need to adapt with it. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think entrepreneurship is something where um, you constantly learn from your experiences, which is just really cool. Yeah. And um, and I also know like you're pretty involved with education in general. And um, I know you're also working on a similar type of venture for actually teaching entrepreneurship. So could you also kind of describe your journey in starting that organization as well? Absolutely. So I founded Entrepreneurship in 2019 after realizing that our education system really doesn't offer any programs, extracurriculars, or any of these things for students who are interested in entrepreneurship, in business, in making differences, making social changes. And I realized that because I had to rely on self-education and I had to rely on kind of me to do these things that I want to do with my life. And I realized Mm -hmm. that, you know, as students in high school right now, you know, we could easily analyze, you know, a Shakespearean sonnet, tell you its meaning, graph a quadratic formula, all these Mm -hmm. things that aren't necessarily going to help us in the real world. And they're not necessarily Mm going to help us 
solve the world's biggest problems. And now for some people, you know, if you want to become an engineer or a poet, you know, those things are definitely great and there's so much value for those. But for kids who want to make some sort of change and change on the government level, change in their community, there are no programs. And so I mm-hmm. want to change this narrative. And so I started Entrepreneurship, which is an organization that provides free entrepreneurial education courses for students during this pandemic, but also outside of this pandemic. And so I originally started it in 2019 doing in-person workshops. And then with COVID-19, that was actually a great opportunity for me to make it more of a worldwide reach. And so I partner, mm-hmm. I've partnered with about, you know, 10, 15 organizations, probably by the time that this comes out, maybe 20, hopefully, um, <laughs> to provide these entrepreneurial education courses and education training for youth, because we need to be equipped with the skills needed to make these ventures, because while youth only makes up, you know, 25% of the population, we are 100% of the future. And so let's give us mentorship, Mm -hmm. let's give us resources, let's give us support. And so my entire organization is youth led, because it takes courage for youth to see themselves in places that are not typical for youth to be in. And so it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier to be like, hey, we're going to do this together. You know, I'm an entrepreneur, but just like you, let's collaborate, let's do something together because it's a lot harder to have someone who is, you know, a Fortune 500 CEO who's very successful tell you all these things, all their great successes. It's a lot easier, you know, to have someone who's right there with you. And so actually just over the summer, what we did is all of the workshops that I did had an opportunity to win Mm -hmm. startup funding to actually make their business dreams a reality. And I hope to, you know, continue applying for grants and to actually have these huge competitions and workshops for students to actually turn these business ideas and these entrepreneurial ventures into a reality and have some money backing them saying, yes, I believe in you. I love that mission. Yeah, that's definitely something really unique and uh, really important in today's society. I definitely agree that a lot of the time there isn't enough um, resources where younger children can really explore their passions and um, kind of take initiative and start their own businesses and things like that. So it's awesome that you're providing those resources for them. Um, and yeah, you've seriously done some really things and still are. So kind of um, talking more about kind of balancing your personal life, your social life, um, school life with all of your ventures, like how do you really manage all of those at once? Yeah, that's a great question. Sometimes I don't know, but it comes down to a lot of mm-hmm. calendaring, a lot of, you know, to-do lists and checklists. And I think something that's the hardest about being an entrepreneur and being an activist is that some people do this mm-hmm. full time, you know, they run two businesses, they run an organization and they do it 24 seven. And for me, it's difficult managing school, being a student and trying to, you know, get good grades and take these hard mm-hmm. classes and you know doing things that give me life because being an entrepreneur having these conversations with people like you and just talking with people and having these kind of ideas and shaping these are because we are the future you know and having these conversations that to me is everything I would love to mm-hmm. do that 24 7 and so it's what brings me joy of course and so it's definitely difficult to manage both when they're both equally as important definitely for my future but it definitely comes down to a couple of things mm-hmm. that I've learned which are to it's okay to take breaks 
definitely from both mm-hmm. worlds, you know, because entrepreneurship brings me so much like it's my passion it's my life it's where I see myself in years down the road but school is what I need to focus on but sometimes I've decided that it's okay to say no to school as well in the sense of I'm not going to be taking four AP classes next year when a lot of my friends are I'm going to be taking Mm -hmm. two or three you know I'm not going to be leveling up in all these places and that might come back to you know hurt me in the long run but it's because I want to focus myself on having these conversations I want to focus on my businesses and teaching myself things that I couldn't really Mm -hmm. learn in school and then the second thing is I would say to know what to prioritize I've already touched Mm -hmm. on that a little bit but it's okay you know if you care about something and if you're passionate about it then prioritize Mm -hmm. that you know and so it's okay to say no to things because every no is another yes and vice versa because every time you say yes to something it means a no for Mm -hmm. something else and the second thing is that I think it's okay to have rejection, which is something that isn't something interesting for sure. I know a lot of people say, you know, it's okay to fail and things like that, but it definitely hurts. Like if you fail at something, Mm -hmm. it's hard, but something that I've learned definitely in terms of like managing it all is that I apply for so many things. And if I get told no, that used to really kill me. And I'd be like, oh my goodness, they don't Mm -hmm. think I'm good enough. But every no means that there's a better yes sort of down the future. And so when I'm in these moments of like, oh my gosh, I didn't get it. It's okay because it just keeps Mm -hmm. me going. And so to sum it all up, like how do I manage it all? It's because Mm -hmm. I love it. This is my future. This is my passion. I love talking with people and I love having these conversations like we are today because that just gives me so much hope and it just tells me you know what this is worth my time this is Mm -hmm. worth my effort absolutely I think that's a great point that you bring up about um like even if you kind of see all your friends doing one thing but if you really love something you you should focus on it and you should um kind of take advantage of what you love instead of kind of following everyone else or what people you know are doing But um, yeah, I just love all of these messages that you're kind of giving out for the audience. Um, And I I know you're really involved, again, in entrepreneurship. And so you've probably gone through a lot of different experiences. But what would you say is the best part of all of it? Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I would just say the best part, and I've kind of touched on this, is meeting other people and to have these conversations because these conversations are the kinds that are going to move our country Mm -hmm. forward. You know, we need to talk about racial inequalities, economic injustices, climate change, racism, sexism. We need to talk about all these things in order to build a better future for our youth, for the youth of today and tomorrow. We need to Mm -hmm. talk about these things. And our generation is here and we're ready to stand. We're ready to ask ourselves, what can I do now to make the world a better place? And so meeting people, whether it be, you know, through doing panels, live events, interviews, podcasts, just as simple as, you know, a DM that I get or, you know, connecting with someone on LinkedIn and saying, oh my goodness, you are doing amazing things for the Mm -hmm. world. You know, that to me is huge. And that's what entrepreneurship is. I mean, Generation Z, we are Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. Whether or not you have a business or a social venture, we're ready, you know. We see something we don't like, we call it out, you know. And we're ready to kind of ask ourselves, why does that bother Mm -hmm. me? You know, this idea sort of of cancel culture, which could be a whole podcast (laughs) episode itself, but I'll touch on it briefly, is that 
we ask ourselves, well, why does that bother mm-hmm. me so much? You know, why were those words so hurtful? Why do I feel the need mm-hmm. to cancel somebody? Right. And so we kind of reflect on that, but then we actually do mm-hmm. something about it. You know, we don't just say, oh, I'd like to do this. Oh, in the future, maybe someone else could do this. Mm-hmm. We say, no, I want myself to do this and I want to build a team of people. And so that to me is the most, I would say, rewarding thing about entrepreneurship is just the people that I meet because they have so much passion and I know that our generation is going to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. And um, you kind of touched a little bit on kind of what you are passionate about, like the topics and things like that. And I kind of, um, I kind of know that you're doing a lot of work actually, not only with um, like feminist work and um, like things like that and entrepreneurship, obviously tackling some uh, really important needs, but a lot of your projects range or kind of touch on education reform. Um, so what would you say kind of led to your specific interest and passion in that field? Mm, that's a great question. And really everything comes down to education mm-hmm. for me, whether it's as you know, just educating people about things that I find unjust mm-hmm. in our society or educating about like the need for educational reform. And it's really come down to the fact that my top rated Southern California school has no pathways, courses, or things like that for people who are interested in entrepreneurship and people who are interested in change making like me. And I realized that if there's people like me out there, I can't be Mm -hmm. the only one. And so now is the time to be bold and to persuade policymakers to fund, create, and the need for validating more than just one Mm -hmm. course, you know, for secondary education. There's not only one way that you can be deemed as successful. College Mm -hmm. isn't for everybody. And so we need to have more apprenticeships, internships. We need to place less pressure on our students about the need to take, you know, 20 Mm -hmm. AP classes and things that you're not necessarily interested in. So many kids are pushing themselves to the limit that their mental Mm -hmm. health is suffering, that they have to feel the need to, you know, start a club, start a nonprofit, have straight A's, be a valedictorian, take 100 AP or IB classes, you know, do college credit, dual enrollment, do these things over the summer that we're just pushing ourselves to our limits. And it's no longer doing things because you care about it. It's simply, and I heard this phrase so many times because it looks good Mm -hmm. for college and that is not a good reason to do Mm -hmm. anything in life you know do it because you care about it like I mentioned previously in our previous conversation is so yeah I might not be taking some AP sciences next year or AP math because I'm going to be taking courses that interest me I'm going to be focusing on literature language arts and microeconomics history because that's going what's going to help me in Mm -hmm. the future and so a lot of kids push themselves to the limit of just to do I'm just going to take another AP class I'm just going to do this and our education system allows other people to be like yeah that's what we're expecting Mm -hmm. of our youth so let's offer multiple pathways let's encourage students to take internships to do apprenticeships and know that college is not for Mm -hmm. everybody yeah I completely agree with that I think like a lot of the time in a lot of schools um you're kind of forced to take as many APs as you can and do all these things just so that you can have it on your resume but um it's definitely important to actually love what you're doing and take the classes you love and 
um, take the initiative to make change for topics you're actually passionate about rather than just do it so that it looks good. Um, so yeah, that's definitely an amazing point that you bring up. And um, sort of segueing into our next topic, um, in addition to like all this entrepreneurship that you're doing, you're also really involved in uh, Girl Scouts of the USA. So could you kind of talk about uh, a little bit about that experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that is most successful women in business may say is that selling Girl Scout cookies was <laughs> their first business. And I really am no different in the sense of Girl Scouts taught me that building a team, you know, in selling cookies is important in the business world, as I previously mentioned. But in Girl Scouts in eighth grade, I got very involved because I applied and was selected to have a national internship with Girl Scouts of the United States of America. And I still have that internship. I've had it for about two years yeah two years mm -hmm. and a couple of months and our internship was originally it's 25 girls from around the world who were selected to actually plan this convention the 2020 national convention but of course due to coronavirus mm -hmm. it was canceled but that actually was a great opportunity for us to really pivot our mindset and we have this national platform girl scouts of the united states of america is one of the largest organizations really in the world that has an audience of mm -hmm. all females and so we need to have these conversations you know about racial injustices about mental health and so what we've actually done is we've created a national TV show. Just recently, I co-authored a report with Girl Scouts Research Institute about mental health and about how important it is for girls to prioritize their mental health and how mental health has really affected students during school in and out of COVID. And we did research on students and girls who are going into school and who are coming out of school, who are doing the in-person and the virtual, only virtual, hybrid, mix of both, to really get a variety of how important mental health is to our generation. And so that's something that's been one of the greatest honors of my life is serving alongside 25 other brilliant young ladies as we just figure out what the future of Girl Scouting looks like because so often when you think of Girl Scouts, right, you think of, you know, like I said, mentioned, like I previously said, is like you think of, you know, that little girl who's selling Girl Scout cookies. She's super cute, you know, with her braids. She's like, oh my gosh, would you like to buy a box of Girl Scout cookies for me? But really, Girl Scouts is so much more than just the cookies. And I didn't even realize that until I applied for my internship, until I realized and really got into the core of the work that Girl Scouts does. And it is so mm -hmm. amazing. And so, like, for example, just Today, I have a meeting where we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we have, we're an implementing anti-racist curriculums in all of our troop levels. We're creating curriculums for girls who are interested in being as diverse as possible and inclusive because we are creating the next generation of leaders and we need to be open to these conversations. We need to be inclusive of all communities that look different mm -hmm. than our own. So, like I said, this is one of the best things I think that have happened to me because learning on the national level all these things that affect girls really allows me to implement them. I love that. I think like a lot of the time um, it's really important to have like a community of people that you can go to to talk about these um, these issues and topics that you're passionate about and like you said in entrepreneurship um, it's really important and um, significant to meet these new people and have these conversations. And so in entrepreneurship, a lot of it is about community and team and collaboration. And so in your entrepreneurial and your leadership journey in general, 
who would you say are the people who have helped you the most along that journey or had the most influence? Oh, that's a great question. I think that a lot of really successful women or people who are interested in making a societal impact would say that their mothers Mm -hmm. definitely are a huge influence for them. And for me, um, my mom's been there, you know, every step of the way for me. But I think that beyond just my having a supportive family who, you know, says, (laughs) go for it, you know, like, there's not a lot of times where you come up with this crazy idea. You know, I was a little sixth grader who was like, I want to start a business, you know, like, okay, let's figure (laughs) this out together. You know, those, those family conversations are definitely only ones I will remember definitely for a long time and mm-hmm. for years to come. But in terms of who I find is like an inspiration to me, um, there's this platform called The Conversation List, and they're all about unifying Gen Z because we are so politically, racially, ethnically mm-hmm. diverse, and we need to, you know, like I've said, like it's in their title, The Conversationalist, mm-hmm. right? Have these conversations. And so it's an open platform to talk about all things, you know, sustainability, racial inequalities, economic injustices, and all those things. And so the founder and CEO is a personal inspiration for me because she went to an Ivy League. She had this Ivy League education, but she made something of huge change that we really need in our society. We need a platform for people to talk about these things that really matter. And so she has definitely helped me kind of shift my mindset about what I do, um, but then have it how I do things for sort of the mm-hmm. greater good, you know, take other people along with you, building a team. Sophie Barron has done that so well, and she is and will always be one of my closest allies and inspirations. That's awesome. And um, and I know you kind of talked a little bit about some of the things you learned from your first few ventures and kind of the challenges that you faced along the way. But um, just in entrepreneurship in general, there are a lot of risks and challenges and chaos. And so would you say that throughout any of the projects that you've done, have there been any really significant challenge or obstacles along the way? Yeah, definitely the hardest one was with Spice It Up because when you love something so much, it's so hard to like Mm -hmm. give it up in a sense, but it's also so hard to fight for it because it's like the, it's like between a rock and a hard place in the sense of you've worked so hard, you know, you have this idea, you have this product, people told you it's great, you know, I won seed money to, I actually ended up winning the competition that I was in and they gave me money to actually make my products. And then you hit this place and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so hard to give it up Mm because you've worked so hard. But at the same time, it's so hard to keep Mm -hmm. going, right? And so that to me was definitely one of those make or break moments because looking back, I could have easily, you know, given it up and just been like, that was a nice one year journey. But if I did, I don't think I would have been who I am today. I don't think we'd be having this conversation because in entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. you're bound to fail. You know, it's practically in the name. There's a reason it's called entrepreneurship and Mm -hmm. not just business because entrepreneurship is failing. It's a learning from Mm -hmm. those mistakes. You know, the top entrepreneurs, you know, you've heard of their great success stories, but you've also heard of their failures and they're called entrepreneurs, not businessmen or Mm -hmm. businesswomen. And I think that is something that's huge and very substantial. And so I think that was the biggest obstacle that I faced and then in terms of something that I face every day is just being Mm -hmm. young you know I would love to devote you know hours on hours daily you know Monday to Friday I'd love to work from Mm -hmm. nine to five you know on my business and product packaging and marketing and implementing all these strategies graphic design but I simply don't Mm -hmm. have the time for that and so 
that's definitely a struggle because a lot of people who are super successful entrepreneurs can mm -hmm. do this 24 7 and I would love to you know quit my daytime <laughs> job as they say in Shark Tank but unfortunately my daytime job <laughs> is being in school <laughs> so I can't really do that but I love school um so those are definitely the biggest obstacles that I face and then I also mm -hmm. think just being a woman being a female in this field that is dominated by males you know you look at the top fortune 500 companies and only 6.6 percent .6 of them are mm -hmm. run by women and that's is a statistic that we need to change we need to shift that idea because I think so often as women we're taught to like doubt ourselves and we're taught to look at each other as competition whereas one of my phrases is I is competition over collaboration I'm like choose collaboration over mm -hmm. competition because so often you look at someone and you go oh my goodness they're doing something amazing and you kind of have a little bit of jealousy you know this imposter mm -hmm. syndrome sort of kicks in and that's something that's so huge with gen z but instead of saying oh my goodness i wish i could be like them or i'm jealous of them i'm gonna hate on them say hey mm -hmm. me too you know i want to figure out what they're doing i want to do it as well or you ask them hey i'm proud of you i see you and i see you're making changes and i want to support you mm -hmm. let's collaborate right this kind of like we over me mentality and i think that's what's going to get mm -hmm. those statistics up you know have women co-ceos if you're really good at you know graphic design if you're really good at i don't know product marketing if you're a good public speaker you know the world needs more women who can collaborate to make these enterprises so we can really change those statistics i think yeah it's really important to really prioritize collaboration over competition like you said especially with um leaders that are women um in all these different types of industries and yeah all these points you brought up i mean i would love to have more time to devote to my extracurriculars and other activities too. So yeah, definitely um, amazing points that you brought up. But also, like you said, it's also these challenges are kind of opportunities for you to learn from them. And so when you get up from those challenges, it's um, also something new to be proud of and to um, grow and develop from. And so that kind of also segues into our next question. Um, which is like kind of out of everything that you've done so far, all your work, your projects and your ventures, what would you say is one of your proudest accomplishments or pieces of work that you've done? I think definitely entrepreneurship because it's kind of a culmination mm -hmm. of all my work. It's what I've taken from what I've learned from Spice It Up, which is, you know, about how to market yourself differently. What I learned from Bright Futures, which is to figure out how to like adapt and to stand out from other people. And I've taken all of that knowledge and I've had conversations with people and I've done these workshops for over 600 youth participants who have all developed an entrepreneurial mindset and are going to make something of social and economic mm -hmm. change. And that to me is huge and it will be hopefully my legacy. And I hope to continue entrepreneurship, especially right now as we need more spaces for youth who are interested in entrepreneurship and we need to get more people involved to equip us with the skills that we need in order to solve the world's you know biggest problems and so that is definitely my proudest accomplishment it actually started as my girl scout gold award which is the highest award that you can mm -hmm. earn in girl scouts and i actually finished my award in 
it would have been um, August of 2020, but I want to continue my work because I find it something that's really important and really necessary. And I want to bring other youth on. And I just think that entrepreneurship has so much potential and I can't wait to see where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. in yeah, awesome. And yeah, so you have just like a lot to be proud of. And um, you've done so many amazing things. This was such an incredible talk. And I know my listeners definitely found it really helpful as well to hear from um, this inspirational young leader. So to kind of close out, do you have um, any advice that you wanted to end with for aspiring young entrepreneurs? I would say that if you have an idea, if you have a dream, mm -hmm. go for it. And I know you're going to hear that a lot, but the thing is, is that figuring out your passion mm -hmm. is so hard. Believe me, you know, everyone always says, you're going to hear it from everyone. They're going to be like, if you can dream it, you can do it. And I think that that is amazing advice. And I just said it, you know, a minute ago, but it's so hard mm -hmm. to find your passion, right? Because people say, you know, make a business out of the sustainable development goals, do it because you're passionate about it. And all of those things are mm -hmm. so true. But figuring out your passion is so hard. And so if you're listening and you're struggling right now, but you want to do something, show up, attend webinars, join organizations, sign up for newsletters, follow accounts that kind of has sparked your interest. Even if you don't know 100%, you know, like maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe you like, you know, climate change or climate inequalities. Maybe you're really passionate about mental health. Follow organizations that kind of have similar ideas as you connect with other people because together we can make some sort of social change. We can make some sort of a social impact. It doesn't necessarily have to be you by yourself. You don't have to mm -hmm. reinvent the wheel. So get involved with other nonprofits. Get involved with other businesses. Ask for people's advice because, I mean, you can easily, like, if you're listening out there and you need some advice on your business, feel free to DM me. Like, I would love to have a conversation with you and just to figure out how we can better support each other because I think one summary of this is, you know, collaboration mm -hmm. over competition. And so, you know, collaborate with other people, collaborate with like-minded individuals so we can all be on the path of professional stability and personal mm -hmm. dignity. Yeah, that's some amazing advice to close out with. Um, yeah, absolutely agree with everything you said. And um, definitely that that's a really important message that you bring up once again, collaboration over competition, super important. Um, but yeah, that that was such an amazing conversation we had. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, do you have any platforms you wanted to shout out before we go? Uh, absolutely. So you can follow me, Naomi Porter PV, on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, all Naomi Porter PV. And check out like entrepreneurship at GS Entrepreneurs. And if you are a young entrepreneur, feel free to DM me, feel free to reach out. And we always have new workshops, we always have new advice that we're posting. And if you're a young entrepreneur and you want to collaborate, let's do it. You know, I'm always featuring young entrepreneurs and we're doing Instagram live series. And I'm always looking for guest mentors. And so please feel free to reach out because I mean, as we've said a hundred times, and I will say a hundred more times, right? Collaboration over competition. That's <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for speaking today. It was honestly such a pleasure having you on today.